So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 1 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Yara goes out and is advised to get a boob job. Submit is setting up a meeting with his parents that Jenny really wanted to avoid. Shida plays in the snow for the first time. Kim is finally 100% in on Usman. And Libby might be starting a singing career. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup K, where we are covering the new season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Miss Garrow. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, I'm kind of tired because I had to actually teach for the first time in <laughs> eight weeks. It's only been eight weeks. It hasn't been like that long, actually. Yeah. That's when you say eight weeks, it seems so short to me. Yeah. It's like, that's how long our summer is. Oh, that's okay. that was the, well, I literally like did the math on it because I had off all summer. So what else was I going to do? Um, yeah. No, it, it was the shortest summer I've ever had. Um, usually, usually they're 10 weeks. Okay. Okay. I think I might have kind of ish been in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of short, let's uh, move on with one of our shorter segments. And that was Yara and Jovi. So uh, if you recall, Yara is from Ukraine. Jovi is from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. And they are married and they have a daughter, Mila, who is about a year old. So Yara is looking fine, getting ready to go out with the girls, much to Jovi's dismay. Jovi has left to babysit their daughter, Mila, and he's not too happy about Yara going out with her newfound friends, mostly because he thinks that they're a bad influence on her. She's never just out for a few hours, like she says. Yara manages to escape anyway and meets up with her beautifully blonde friends, Symphony and Adele. They ask her how things are, and Yara is pretty much just happy to be out after being alone with Mila for the last month while Jovi was at work. Jovi is frustrated because when he's home, he would also like to go out and hang out with his friends, but he's put on daddy duty since Yara has to take care of Mila by herself when he's gone. Yara tells her friends that, you know, their sex life has been dwindling since they had Mila, and even moving farther away from the strip club hasn't seemed to help their relationship. Yara isn't also isn't feeling super sexy because, as she puts it, her boobs look like a deflated Ziploc with a little bit of water in the bottom. Her friends encourage her to get a boob job to help her feel better about herself, and they reassure her that she is out of Jovi's league and she's hot. All right, so I know this is kind of difficult because I can kind of see where both of them are going, uh, you know, coming from like Yara saying, okay, you know, I've been taking care of this uh, baby for like the last month completely by myself. So it's my turn to go out. Sure. And then Jovi, where it's not like he was out partying for the last month, he was working, uh, you know, for the last month and he comes back and basically has to do the thing that uh, Yara did. So how do you what do you think would be a good compromise in the situation? Oof, yeah, I don't know, but it's definitely not to just like drastically seesaw between who is feels like they're stuck with the kids. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But the kid that that's not going to be the right solution. I don't think 
I, I don't think she can count his time at work against him in terms of, quote unquote, you left me with a baby because right. he's just working like probably, you know, 16 hour days doing whatever he's doing because he's yeah. on site. Right. He's yeah. on site. And so it's not like it's not like that's free time for him any more than it's free time for her. Right. It's somebody mm-hmm. needs to make money and somebody needs to watch the kid and they're splitting those duties. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you can be like, well, I watched the kid for this long. Now it's your turn to watch the kid the entire time you're home while I just go out and have fun because now he works and watches the kid and then she alternates between having the kid and going out and having fun. Right. Yeah. So I kind of feel like they need to go to like an every other weekend something or or something in terms of like who gets to go out. And that, that's only a temporary thing because it's only so long. But while you're, you know, it's only so many years that you're stuck with like, oh, only one can leave at a time. We right. have to have somebody here before you can kind of do sometimes you do family stuff sometimes mom comes over and watch the kid and we can do stuff together sometimes it's my turn sometimes it's your turn but i feel like there needs to be more turn taking even if you have to make it at first like an explicit like calendar almost like a custody calendar right yeah no i agree with you i think that yara should be able to have you know a weekend or something or two to go out and then, but Jovi should too, because just because he's working doesn't mean he's out partying with his friends. But then also, I think it's super important that Yara and Jovi have opportunities to go out just together or, you know, do an outing with the three of them as a family, you know. And what's kind of nice is that they don't have to think about just the weekends because yeah, when Jovi mm-hmm. is, you know, home from work, he's home. So he has an entire month. They don't have to think about like, oh, we can we can only go on the weekend because we're working during the week. No one's working during the week. So they really have a lot of flexibility. And, you know, uh, Jovi's mom absolutely wants to be involved. She really loves having grandbabies. She's one of those mm-hmm. kinds of uh, grandmas. And so, you know, taking advantage of Gwen, Jovi's mom, um, you know, when she uh, can babysit, I know they might be a little bit farther away, but I think they're closer to uh, grandma now that they've moved, right? Because the whole thing was that they were closer yeah. to the city and... Yeah, yeah. I think they're closer, but I think Mm -hmm. they kind of moved like a triangle. Like they didn't move directly between where the city to where grandma is. They moved like some other town and now it's like a big triangle. So I don't know if they're any actually closer distance wise or drive wise. They're just not in the city anymore. Yeah. Um, But I mean, I can see that. But it's also it is tricky when you kind of I wouldn't say hold the week against people because Mm -hmm. I had issues with this. It, with with my custody arrangement, right, is like is like there will be a lot of times I'm I, I I'm working all week. My ex works from home, so it made, made way more sense to have you know oh the girls will be at your house during the week and then the weekends they can come to my house and it's mm-hmm. like for a lot of reasons it's not fair to anybody to do it yeah. that way, right? Because you know if the weekends if I, if if everyone wants to go out and do something, well I'm like well. When am I going to be able to do that? It, it, right. when, when are my friends? When are my friends going to get together? It's not going to be on a Wednesday, right? Yeah. It's going to be we'll do something this weekend, right? And when is there going to be fun things to do with the kids? Usually, it's not going to be on a Wednesday, right? right. It's going to be on the weekend. And yeah. so, yeah, the weekday weekend thing. Now, when she's young enough like that, like zoos open every day, great, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Like she doesn't really have friends that she's hanging out with that have also schedules you have to coordinate with. You know, it's like right. Well, and then you, what you end up with, with, and what there's still a um, few things that come that that few more years for them is you start ending up 
having like, you know, weekend and social activities with like the other parents of your of the kids in the class or the par- other parents of the thing. Mm-hmm. Or like I should say, I should back up. Most people have that. I do not because I'm antisocial for some reason. But <laughs> like it, it's really common to like, oh, that. So then you have people that can also relate to you and mm-hmm. also relate to your schedule and relate to when things are going on. And that's that tends to be why that happens. It's not necessarily like, oh, I don't like the people I used to hang out with. It's mm-hmm. just like. Well, yeah, no, I have a kid. I can't stay out until midnight, until 2 a.m. every Friday anymore. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. I kind of agree with Jovi a little bit that, you know, the friends might be a bad influence if the friends are not in the same place that Yara is. You know, it's tough to have friends that are just not in the same place in life as you are. Because they can't relate. And, you know, they expect your life to be somewhat like theirs. Like, carefree and single and i don't know symphony and adele may be moms we don't know but they kind of seem like they're living that you know housewife like uh carefree whatever let's drink uh, yeah i feel i feel like yes. The night. yes because it's it is hard it is hard to be like well i finally got my saturday and we're gonna go out and then they go and then like you know halfway through they're like i oh, will do brunch tomorrow and you're like no i can't just do brunch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not my life. I can't do that. Right. right. And then you're, you're the spoil sport or you're the one who can't do anything. But I feel like one of them said they had kids because yes. I think when the boob thing came up, they were like, yep, I know what you're talking about. And like, I mean, I know what she's talking about, too, because I've. But also, I think kids around the same age, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. That, That's what I'm saying about different phases of your life. Um, what sure. I would probably suggest uh, to someone like Yara is to really look into like joining a mops group, like uh, mothers of preschoolers or young kids, um, just because I think that's such a great way to meet mothers who are kind of going through the same things as you are. And a lot of moms that join groups like that, usually they tend to be first time moms. And so it's really great to build a community. And, you know, it's just you feel less alone, especially when she's in a situation where her partner is literally gone for a month at a time. Yeah, totally. To feel like you have that community to rely on. Well, and the other thing that comes up, they didn't, the other ladies didn't mention because they were very pro-boob job. Yeah. Um, especially the one, especially the one that already had one, right? right? But like, she can't get a boob job till she's done having kids. Well, I mean, you can, but it's kind of pointless. You're gonna have to keep a on paying decision. for, yeah. You yes. have to keep on paying for touch-ups. Sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're yeah. like this is, uh, and I mean, depending on how they do it, you might if you're trying to breastfeed, that may or may not be an option depending on what you get done. Yeah, it may be right? a complication. Yeah, especially if you got something botched. Sure. Yeah. And so I, it's one of those things that's just like, mm, I didn't mention it. And I was like, that's well, what immediately I kind of thought of. Is, is she done having kids? Yeah, I was going to say, these guys are fertile, right? This is the yeah. second pregnancy. I mean, it's the first child they had, but it's the second pregnancy. And they got pregnant pretty soon after they, you know, Yara was in the country. Like, I, I want to say she was pregnant at her wedding, um, even if they didn't find out until after the wedding. But it was, I thought they knew before. She just wasn't all that far along. Right. Yes. So I was going to say she got pregnant like within the 90 days. So these people are clearly not taking any measures. Maybe they feel differently now that they have a daughter. But, you know, it's just they they're going to get pregnant again. You just know it. 
I know I well they, she said this that their their sex life had slowed down and like I don't know I feel like no I feel like she's the kind of person that gets that does that once has the baby and then like on the follow up appointment is like so about that pill let's uh <laughs> but you would think like after the first time right like she had that miscarriage but she was pregnant sure. for a little bit you would think after that if you really didn't want to have a kid that you right, would right, right. I mean they never talked about whether or not they wanted to have kids. I think they said they did, just not that soon. Right. But I, I don't know what they were thinking that they were just like, all right, you know, we don't want to have kids now, but here we are. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah, I sympathize being from a very fertile family. <laughs> like that, like, yeah, because it, to, it, but that means it just like, it feels like you would be like not feels like I know it makes you more paranoid about it because you're like, no, I'm telling you, if one of mine gets through, it's done. Like it's over. She's <laughs> we have to really make sure that doesn't happen. Like, yeah. OK, so did you get a good look at Mila? Well, OK, so kind of. Yes. She looks just like Jovi. That's all I yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, no, I just I feel like I feel like I see them of all places a lot on. I'm old, so I don't have TikTok. I just watch the Instagram reels of the sure. TikToks from four months ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> and like, I feel like I've seen them on that, and she's like way older on those than she is on, like, on in the show. So it's kind of oh, was jarring to be that. like, oh, wait, she went back in time. Wait, this is well, a while ago. consider that Bilal and Shida's, uh, you know, whatever segments there was snow. I'm assuming this is winter time. Probably it could be winter time, like twenty one. Like it could be January of twenty one. Like you I wouldn't. That? that wouldn't shock me. No. I mean, they had an HEA since then, so I, I would say maybe even as early as fall of uh, last year. So yes, twenty one. Fall of last year. Yeah, fall of twenty one. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I mean, the earliest, but yeah, she's just a little clone of Jovi right now. Yeah. Well, let's. Hope that doesn't stick around because I know because Yara and they even said because Yara's out of his league. Like, shouldn't uh, Myla take after Yara? Right, and it, I don't know. It definitely is one of those things where it's just like, oh, we're basic. We're basing the league based on what now? Like, I right? don't know who can be the blondest. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely Yara. Then Yara has all the league in there. Yeah. All right. So since you mentioned him, let's talk about Bilal and Shida. So. We start off the new Bilal and Shida season with what else? Bilal pranking Shida oh, with a Charlie Brown and a football prank. It was weird. He just like had snow and she kicked it. So anyway, Shida is enjoying playing in the snow because it's the first time she's ever got to do so. You don't really get much snow in Trinidad. So they have a snowball fight and they make a snowman and she's all like, it's just like I've seen in the movies. This is amazing. Um, so it's seven weeks since their wedding and we get a whole recap about how they met and their story from last season, which literally ended last week. So I'm not going to recap it myself again. So after the recap and the playing in the snow, they go to get some barbecue. Now, uh, Shida says she likes American food, but is still nervous about how we serve our beef because it's not like super well done. She's like, that's still like red. I don't I don't trust it. So we get back to, you know, her talking about his OCD, which bothers me for many reasons. And uh, him saying, like, well, you're weird, too, because you don't like how tongues look. That so was a little weird. Yeah, very so random. at the restaurant, they talked about how now that they've crossed the finish line, it's time to start relaxing. But 
Shahidat still has one stumbling block she wants to overcome. And that is, you know, that time Shahida, his ex-wife, showed up and endlessly essentially called her a gold digger. So Bilal thinks the solution is for everyone to get together and somehow that's going to solve everything. We'll just all get together and everyone will make up. So apparently he's been taking notes from Libby's dad, Chuck. So he really does say he wants everybody to get along. So in the next segment, they're on their way to the promised meeting with Shahida. Shahida is trying to keep an open mind about hoping this will work, especially for the sake of Bilal's children. They acknowledge, (laughs) they do talk a little bit about how Bilal has two wives that have very, very strikingly similar names. Yes. Um, and they make a, he makes a stale joke about having a Rolodex full of Shaitas. <sighs> so the whole ride, they bicker about how much of an apology Shaita is owed and how much she should just forgive. And that's when we get some of the classic Bilal in lecture mode, him being like, well, are you a Muslim? Because Muslim, the Quran says that blah, 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 blah. So a lot of um, rides on this meeting, a lot rides on this meeting because he really does need both of these women to get along. And she says she has zero tolerance for baby mama drama. Um, I don't know. So we kind of have a suspicion that they were going to flip the tables because it's generally what they do, right? Yeah. And make Shida look worse and Bilal look better. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see much of that or was it because I, I kind of felt like it was the same patterns? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bilal at least isn't coming off as terrible as before. Yes. He actually does seem like a like kind of fun in the snow, like not a total jackass. Yeah. But, okay, now I don't have that much experience in snow, but I would never pick up snow off the ground and eat it. Oh, yeah. that's Kids do that all the time. Like, really? Absolutely. Is it because – how can you guarantee that no one stepped on it? Is it because there would be a big oh, footmark there? Oh, there would be a footprint on it. Yeah. Mm. Like there's literally like a whole rhyme like, oh, no, don't eat that yellow snow. That's because well, people eat yeah. the white snow. Uh. I've definitely eaten know. snow. Yeah, I've definitely eaten snow off the ground. Yeah, I don't think I would. That <laughs> I would probably open my mouth and eat it out of the air, like, you know, rain. So how many, I mean, but but that's also why last time I did it, I was a child. And like, mm-hmm. you know, think of all the other things you'd eat when you were a child that you would not eat now. <laughs> I was not, that I ever recall, someone who just randomly put stuff in my mouth. Oh, I, I definitely did. Yeah, I'm a, I I I'll, I'll put stuff on my mouth all the time. Yeah, I yeah, I don't recall like ever really trying to eat anything. No, and I catch myself. I'm I'm probably maybe it makes me gross. I'm really bad about that like now. Like if I pick something up and I need uh, I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to have putting I'll I'll put it in my mouth." Oh, actually no, I take it back. When I was a kid, the only time I ever got sent to bed without dinner was me and my sister ate all the flowers. We pulled the petals off and ate all the flowers in our yard when I was like four or five. And my mom was like, well, you've had enough. No dinner for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Okay. I'm glad a little bit that Bilal, like, I think he's starting to reconcile his definition of prank. Um, He kind of interchangeably used test in there. Sure. And so I was just like, all right, finally, you're admitting that 
this was really a test, but he would still use prank. And it's just like, all right, you're slowly transitioning. Okay. All right. we need to know is that prank does not equal test, but we're getting there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he is not a funny man. He just isn't. His pranks aren't funny. His dad jokes aren't funny. Like, I just, I find him to be a bore. And you know what we didn't talk about last time is hmm. the the whole season. We did not talk about the amount of word art that this dude has everywhere. Yeah. Not just in his house, on his shirt. Like, he always has... Be humble. Yeah. Like, wash, He's like dry, a basic repeat. Bitch. Like, he is a basic bitch. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Exactly. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about Jenny and Samit. So, if you recall, Samit is 33 years old from New Delhi, and that's notable because his partner is Jenny, who is 63 years old from Palm Springs, California. They, at this point in the show, have been married for two months, and they're having a fun skating date. They remind us that they met online first. His first impression is that she was nice, sweet, and innocent. Mm. Uh, but when they first met, Samit actually catfished Jenny, and when he revealed who he really was, they planned a visit, and later Jenny moved to India to get married, even though it ends up that Samit was already married. They recap their seasons where they finally came to an understanding with Samit's parents that they won't support, but they won't stop their wedding. But later, they seem to have changed their minds on the last tell-all and said they did not approve. Samit says that he's enjoying married life. Jenny and Samit have moved to another city, so his parents don't find out they're married because Jenny is terrified that they will find out and, as she puts it, take him away. Samit and Jenny go out, and Jenny turns up her nose at the salty lemon water on the table. Samit brings up having to tell his parents that they're married, and Jenny thinks they shouldn't say anything, and they should just move to a different Indian state. Samit is concerned his parents will find out through someone else, and then they'll cut him off. Samit thinks no matter what, he will have to tell them himself. Samit and Jenny are getting ready to meet his parents, and Jenny keeps telling him, it's a bad idea. Samit thinks it will look better if, you know, Jenny is there, too. And Jenny thinks dealing with his parents is hard, and she doesn't want to go through all that again. It's the day that Samit's family is coming to visit, so they're frantically cleaning every nook and cranny and crevice, every corner of their house, so that way his mom will not judge their cleanliness. Jenny wants to be supportive, but once again, she thinks this is a terrible idea. Jenny is just sweating profusely as they're cleaning and trying to prepare tea and biscuits. Samit's parents and his brother and sister-in-law arrive, and they touch feet as Jenny is fanning herself in the kitchen. Jenny offers chai and cookies to everyone, and she continues to fan herself, and Samit's mom mocks her as she says that she only got hot from making tea. Snicker, snicker. But then she tries to break the silence by asking how she's doing. Jenny has an automated standard stock response, and then Samit's mom mocks uh, how fat Jenny's arm looks, but she's confident that Jenny doesn't understand what she's saying. Jenny told Samit she wouldn't talk, but he's not talking, so she feels like she has nothing to do but to be the one who carries the conversation. So she brings up the last time that they were here. She asks whatever happened after they had accepted her and that things they said that things would get better. His mom denies that she ever said that. 
She then says she will never approve of a marriage uh, for them, and it would, wouldn't even happen on her deathbed. Samit gets frustrated and then blurts out that they got married, and Samit's mom starts yelling to never show his face again because she'll insult him and close the door in his face, and then she just starts crying. All right, so do you think, I mean, we've all seen the footage, and I mean, technically, Samit's parents could also see the footage of them yes. saying that they approved and then kind of going back on their word. What mm-hmm. do you think? What do you think Samit's mom? What is her perspective on this? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 she's been pretty consistent, except for that one meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't understand. It's, the, it's not right. this. This reaction is Standard. exactly consistent. This yeah. is. Very consistent of what's going on the whole time. Mm-hmm. The the one that was out of step was that part where – and she's right. She never said she approved of the marriage. Oh, right. She just said, the, well, I can't stop you. That was kind yes. of yes. – Yes. Yeah, she but, said we won't stand in your way. Right. And but the, at the And same she time, specifically asked, like, does that mean you approve? And they were like, no. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, I do think they took some liberties with making that jump to approval. And I mean, that could be what she said could be liberally applied. You know, she could just pretty much say, like, I can't stop you, but that doesn't mean I have to talk to you ever again. Right. Right. And and she didn't really specify that. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, we love you and you were great. You were graduate around. What if we got married? And she'd be like, and it was, we can't stop you. Yeah. But you should have added then. Oh, and I would also write submit off out of my life. Like, that's fine. Like, that's what that's what would happen. I would close the door in your face uh, and insult you. Yeah, I I would insult you first and then (laughs) slam the door in your face. Like, what is it? Like, it's a Monty Python thing. Like, yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And yeah, it's just but. The mom is a nasty person. Oh, she is. Like, she knows Jenny can't understand her. So she and she's like smug about it. Like, I'm going to make fun of Jenny's fat arms and say how old and tired she looks. Jenny's arms are skinnier than her arms. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So what is she talking about fat arms for? And and it's extremely frustrating that Submit is not like, mom. Yeah. Come on. You, you can't do that in front. Of, I know. I understand what you're saying, Mom. Stop it. Right. right. And I think it's even more ridiculous that sometimes he just translates it blindly to Jenny. It's like <laughs> you don't really need to tell her that. Right. I mean, he didn't in this case, but you know, there's definitely some offensive things that his mom says that he just kind of turns to Jenny and tells her. It's like I think you can filter a little bit. You don't need to tell Jenny that. It's like absolutely pointless. Right. And it's funny that they keep going. I just, it was funny to me. They kept saying, well, we're afraid they might find out from somebody. And I was like, you mean the show that they were yeah. on and is going to air at some point that you right. have to, you're going to have to do that before this, the wedding airs on TV? I feel yeah. like not just somebody. Like That doesn't matter where if – even if you live across town, they're going to find out that way. Yeah. Pretty much social media, you mean? <laughs> Yeah, like literally the globe, the entire planet might know. Like maybe not everybody, you know, not all the people, but. Maybe he's hoping that they don't have social media. Do you think his brother would be the one to snitch? Because I'm sure his brother is someone who could have social media, right? So if he found out, do you think that he would snitch to mom and dad? Yeah, because I feel like if he didn't and they found out later, 
they'd be like, and you knew about this the whole time and you didn't tell us and he'd be in trouble too. So he's like, no. You know what's kind of funny? I almost see him and maybe I'm projecting because I definitely feel like I had this kind of relationship when we were young. But it's like, oh, the worse you look in front of mom and dad, the better I look. I'm married to a nice, respectable Indian woman that, you know, mom and dad love. So if they find out you're married to uh, the older American girl that they're gonna there's nothing I can do wrong right so yeah I'm gonna tell mom and dad yeah I don't know because I I, I go for both ways right I, I feel like he's more my and my thing from maybe it's just our projecting our yeah. own like childhoods because my childhood was definitely like no I'm gonna snitch to protect my ass like right. because if it's not your ass it's gonna be my ass so it's gonna be yours I could see him keeping it in the back pocket just in case he gets in trouble and he's like oh you think what I did was bad let me tell you about what Summit did sure sure yeah get the heat off of him but I also could see that his parents and his mom in particular is just like Listen, once that storm starts, I don't know what it's going to destroy. And I just, we'll just keep that storm from starting because once, once she gets, once she gets riled up, who knows who's going to get caught in what crossfire there? All like, right. and it's better just to avoid that becoming an issue at all. Yeah. All right. So leaving back to me and they have <sighs> Libby and Andre. Oh, so goodness. I looked it up. This is their fourth season on HEA, which means it's their fifth season altogether. I'm so over this family. And they've done everything. They've done, remember that pandemic special? I can't remember what they called it. Um, oh, yeah. They did that. Uh, oh, right. They've done the diaries. They've done everything you could possibly do for this show. Yeah. So that, that yeah, that's just these ones. That isn't like the catch up ones. It's yeah. just the, the main, main event shows. Right. So, you know, it's tennis time now with we see Andre, we see Ellie and we see Libby. Of course, they live in Tampa and they've been married for four years, which means that every year they've been married, they're doing the show. Mm. Um, So anyway, that means the big their big news that they have a new house, which they're showing off to Chuck. We get a quick recap, not of all of their drama, because like we said, it's a lot of drama and a lot of things. But, you know, just the drama from last year where Andre wanted to start his own business. So he asked Chuck for a loan. The family got all pissed off. So instead, instead of trying to work with the family, Chuck just worked directly with Andre. And it ended up with Charlie and Andre, Charlie basically attacking Andre. And they fought at this barbecue that was supposed to be the, the big healing, everyone get together and heal barbecue. Oh, gosh. So for an update from after the tell-all, they say that nobody really talks to Charlie anymore and he's no longer part of the family business. As for the sisters, um, you know, Andre avoids seeing them as much as possible. So then they – then back to the house tour, they drop in how they're going to convert one of the rooms in the house into a recording studio oh, for Libby's singing career. Oh, gosh. Uh, so if that doesn't work out though, you know, they can turn it into a nursery, which – turns into a fight because you're telling me I'm going to have kids? I didn't say I'd have kids. I just said we'd have a recording. And they fight. So in the next scene, Libby, Libby is having brunch with her sisters and her mom. Libby says that she's been distancing herself from the family and it's been almost six months since she's gotten together with this crew. So her mom, Pamela, asks about Becky, who is trying to have another baby, and then Libby comes in with her news that they joined the tennis club. And they don't talk about it very much before that everybody gets 
rushed inside after a storm that just opens up on their patio. <laughs> Though they're at a restaurant and they get, you know, didn't even get a sip of her mimosa before one of those Florida thunderstorms started and made everybody go inside. So after they get re- relocated, they talk about, again, Libby's apparently new burgeoning singing career. So I guess Libby now is going to stay at home and Andre is going to be the breadwinner, which somehow also makes Jen and Becky mad at Andre. They were mad when he was staying home. They're mad when he's working. They're, they're just mad at him all the time. So Pamela wants her children to make amends and wants Charlie kind of to be welcomed back into the family. So the sisters say they're all willing to welcome him back once he stops drinking and gets mm-hmm. gets help for his substance abuse issues. And until that, he, they just he's too toxic to be around. So Pamela thinks they're just being judgmental and they should forgive and forget. She has a plan that will bring everyone together. Oh, my God. Just to bring everyone together, that'll be better. Although at least she understands that there should be a mediator there. Mm -hmm. So specifically, Becky says she does not want him around if he's been drinking. And Pamela cries to try to get everybody on her side. She's just asking for one thing. It's for everyone to put their differences aside and come together for her birthday. She feels stuck in the middle, but the conversation doesn't get much farther after that. So... Let's talk about this. Singing career. Are we going to have to hear about Libby's singing career all year long? Is that like a real thing? I feel like it isn't, right? I feel like it's like, ooh, we can put out – we can get on TikTok and I can sing on the TikToks and we can do the things. Like I feel like they're probably trying to make her money with her voice on social media but also trying to fold it into the show so people will listen to her sing. And it's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating for me. It's clearly something she's trying to do outside – that she's trying to fold into the show. Yeah. I mean, let's think about Evelyn. Apples. Evelyn, right? Evelyn Apples. Uh-huh. Who tried to be on American Idol. I think she was on American Idol. I think she made it a certain amount of probably farther than she should have. Uh, just based on, you know, notoriety from being well, on the show. Well, did she make it like onto the actual show or did she just like go to Hollywood and then not make it to the actual part where people vote just so they could have her on two episodes uh yeah i want to say that like she would definitely made it farther than you would think uh, i want to say she actually was on the show where they voted i don't know i could be wrong but i feel like you know not to say that evelyn apples was like the most talented person to ever come out of this but you know if Eve- evelyn apples actually was a singer and she can't make it like i don't know i don't have super high hopes that we've never heard that libby has had this secret talent or passion and all of a sudden we're hearing about it now you know it's kind of like how long have you been doing this she's like what starting to be in her late 20s uh i think she's over 30 no maybe she's not i think she's like 28 and he's like 31 or something like that i think she's like in her late 20s so it's like if you haven't even started to really establish a career in your late 20s like can you yeah yeah it's it, it It's not likely. Let's just say the odds are against you. That's back. And that's not for any career. Right. right? That's specifically for a singing career. Yeah. I was definitely talking about singing. Like it's unlikely that a singer is getting broken into the music industry in the late 20s. I think unless you, you know, just have been undiscovered, but you've been doing this. This isn't something like you haven't been doing it, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, well, I'll get a studio and be a singer." It's like, yeah, ah. I'll, get a, I'll get I'll get a studio and voice lessons and be able to do this professionally. It's right. like, eh. no, it depends on. What, I'll back up. It depends on what you want to do with that. Do you want to like 
be the lead singer in a wedding band, you could probably pull that off. Oh, yeah, right? sure. <laughs> like be a cruise ship singer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. but I don't know if that's what she or she's going to try to like, I'll release music on SoundCloud. Like, I don't know what she's doing here. Right. No, that actually would be fun for her. I think if she was like a cruise ship singer, because there's a lot of cruises that come out of uh, Florida. So, oh, yeah, it'd be totally. really easy to hop on one for like a week and check it out. Yeah. That, I mean, I see, I get, that, that's the level of singing. That, that, so maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Yeah. And not to say anything poorly about cruise singers, because famously, Jennifer Hudson used to be a singer on a cruise. So, you know, but I mean, it's, no, no, I'm just I'm just saying there's a lot of and but yeah, the point wasn't to get down on people. It's right. to be like there's a lot more singing than just being super viral popular on exa- and recording know. music and releasing it and releasing it like there's lots of singing jobs that isn't that right right maybe she yeah. should start off simple like uh, if she has a recording studio there's tons of like voiceover work that you could easily put in for i don't know how successful you would be like in terms of how many jobs but things like Fiverr does a lot of uh i actually stuff. i actually just listened to a podcast about the um you know, the annoying – we're going to, on TikTok, talking about TikTok again. The mm-hmm. annoying, like, the the voiceover, the uh, the text-to-speech voice. Uh-huh. Like, the woman who did that, or at least did the old voice before, like, she sued the company and they changed the voice. Uh-huh. Um, she, like, broke into voice acting, like, in her mid-late 30s with yeah. her – like, her kids were teenagers because she, like, got divorced and tried something new. So, I mean, right. it's not unheard of to, you know, be able to break into things. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. But if you're talking about – when most people are like talking about their singing career, like yeah. breaking onto the pop charts or something, is that's that's a young person's game. Right. Singing is different than talking, most certainly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, so moving on to, I guess, our last couple. Uh, we have Kim and Usman. So Kim51 is from San Diego. She's having her teeth whitening uh, technician watch the music video of her boyfriend, Soja Boy, a.k.a. Usman. Kim recaps their love story of how she transitioned from fan to super fan to potential, like that's an actual title of anything, to girlfriend. We get recap clips of Kim pressuring Usman to have sex and getting all huffy when he's turning her down. And Kim isn't embarrassed because, as she says it, she hashtag she won. Kim then reminds us that Usman's ex-girlfriend about Usman's ex-girlfriend Zara and how she threw a drink in his face when she confronted him. Kim said she wasn't sure how things were going to play out after the trip since it was a roller coaster with plenty of issues. But she says after the tell-all where she found out he had chatted with Zara, she was hurt and the trust was just gone. But Usman called her and apologized and begged her to come back to Nigeria. Kim uh, ended up going and she says that he made her feel like a queen. So now, only now, she's all in. Kim's going back to Nigeria so she can meet his family. Kim meets up with her friends and tells them she's going to propose. And they are just confused. They bring up concerns about Usman's, uh, you know, requirements of having a second wife so that way he can eventually be a father. They're shocked that she is open to a polygamous marriage, and they don't think that she's being realistic about him having no connections to a second wife and him having kids in potentially another country. Kim gets defensive and thinks she's being interrogated as she uh, cries. Her friends kind of laugh when she storms out, and they don't know why she gets so mad. The friends say that they're being protected of 
of her. They insist that their relationship is a lot. Her friends think that she doesn't have enough confidence in their relationship, which is why she throws a fit and doesn't want to hear anything about it. Kim keeps repeating that they are 100% committed, and the friends insist that before she proposes, she finds out if he's talking to anyone else and to have a conversation with, uh, and to have a conversation about having a second wife. All right, so do you think that Kim is being realistic about this whole second wife situation? Because she seems to think in her mind what second wife means is basically a, almost like a higher baby carrier. Yeah, so if that's what she thinks, then I don't understand why the, why the conversation isn't about surrogacy and it's instead, of, instead about a second wife. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because they, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe like surrogate mom slash nanny? Yeah, like that's what she seems to think. It's like you're yeah. – and then it gets gross because that makes me think of The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Which is like, ooh, no, that's right. bad. That's not a good – that's worse than like the uh, sister wife thing. That's – I don't like this at all. Yeah, but it also kind of seems like she has no real interest in raising a child. So, I mean, I guess the difference between something like a Handmaid's Tale situation is she's not trying to claim this baby as her own because she can't have a kid. I think she's mm. perfectly happy not having to deal with children. Yeah, but I don't know that that's how it works. I don't know what this whole second wife – and these are like – and that's really needs to be – before this can work as a situation, this needs to be extremely clear. Yeah. Like – what they're talking about. Right, which I think it's absolutely fair that her friends are asking all these questions because that's what they basically said. They said, okay, before you propose, I think you should find out if he's talking to someone else and have, you know, have a conversation about what does the second wife look like? Because I right. don't think she is really truly going to accept the second wife is she flipped out and got as jealous as she did about Zara, who isn't even really absolutely in the not. picture. Yeah. I feel like in her head, the second wife like only exists to for procreation. Right. Like and she would marry him. Yes. And they would only, you know, only have sex in order to have a baby. And if it wasn't specifically to have a baby, then he would never sleep with her and he would only be with Kim. Right. And that's um super unfair to that other woman yeah like, and i think just like, like unrealistic because i mean even yeah. the friends point out you think that uzman is going to have zero connection zero feelings for second wife yeah 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 and it's, it's 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 i mean to me i just can't get over like like that like the, the what what she's expecting of this other woman to be right. like you really like put yourself in that. Would you want your daughter to be in that situation where she oh. was someone's second wife and was only there to raise the children and not be part of the romantic relationship? Really? Yeah. That's what you want another woman to do? Right. Like, and come even on. for her to be like a little empathetic, like what if yeah. you were second wife? Like maybe, you know, not now because, you know, having ch a children is kind of the requirement of second wife in this scenario. But if you were younger. You know, and if you were in a situation where you were a second wife in your ideal scenario here, you know, what would that look like? And I don't think Kim would choose that life. Right. And it it's bizarre that she and she because she is a very selfish person. She is. Uh, and, and she doesn't I wouldn't think she would call herself that or think of that she because wouldn't. she literally in this situation is only thinking about what would how would I feel about something? Yeah, right? 
I think she has kind of that victim mindset a lot of times as well. Like yeah. she sees herself as this victim in every single scenario and she feels sorry for herself. And so mm-hmm. I think because of that, she feels like she deserves like all these things. And I'm not saying that she hasn't been mistreated in her past because it certainly sounds like she probably didn't choose to be in the most healthiest of relationships in the past. And she's found herself in these kind of situations where she uh you know hasn't been treated well but it's like you can't just carry that through your life and you know expect to have all these things because you know you weren't treated well in the past and to the point where you're so selfish that you're hurting other people well it's the same thing as like carrying jealousy through to all these other relationships like you you can't hold you're never going to have a successful relationship if you keep holding the new person responsible for all the things that happened to you in the past. Mm-hmm. Right? If you can't if you if you don't trust them because of what somebody else did, well then you're never going to trust anybody and it's never going to work. Sure. Right? Yeah. It, it, to me it's 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 similar. However, she was mistreated, you you can't hold the next partner now. This particular partner? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not the, he's not going to be the most stable partner for her. Like he is going to play this jealousy game of trying to keep her in and out and keep her jealous. He's going to try to keep her jealous. Like that is just how he is in a relationship. I am so confused by Usman. I have been confused by him since the baby girl Lisa times. It's yes. like I can't figure out if this is the type of woman he is really actually genuinely into or if he just is so desperate to come to America that he thinks that this is his only option. Well, and I I mean, I always lean a little bit towards the second one mm-hmm. um, because and this goes to what we were talking about in the last segment with Libby, like he's 33. But at least he's been singing for a while. He's not like new to the game and, you know, was dating baby girl Lisa and is like, hey, I'm going to start a singing career. No, no, he didn't start. But right. he is specifically in rap. Yeah. Right. And like that is a young person's game. Like he's going to get to the point that like, nobody who's under 24 thinks a 35 year old is cool. <laughs> Unless you've already established yourself. Unless because, you've you already know, established yourself as being cool. Yes. Yeah. Like the Jay-Z's of the world. Right. They're still cool. Right. But you're not. But there. He. But even then you're cool in a in a way he's not trying to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Jay-Z is cool in that he's the elder statesman who, you know, ble- like blesses people. And but oh, this is the new person I brought up and I yeah. have all this. I have run the business. He's trying to still be out there dancing with the booty girls around it. Right. Sure. And that. And say what you will about Jay-Z, he doesn't do that anymore. Right, right. Right? You, yeah. He, and, and he's still trying – he's still playing a 24-year-old's game and he's 33. Yeah. And well, you know. He's getting to be the old guy at the club. All right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I would also probably say, especially given his choice of women, he would probably also be the first to say that age is just a number. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> That is true. Uh, Yeah, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't get him. And I don't know why he would put up with Kim for this long. Because quite honestly, at least from what we have seen of them, she's like 
abusive, like borderline abusive. Like, and, you know, granted, she buys him crap and she has things to offer him, like green cards. But it's like, you can find someone like, what about this Zara girl? She seemed okay from what, what right. we saw. Yeah. You know, it's like, there are other options is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Zara could be more abusive. I have no idea. But what I'm trying to say is there are other options. You're not just stuck yeah. with the first person who, you know, is so quick to be your wife that she's willing to propose to you and buy you stuff and, you know, abuse you. So, all right. So the one point I would say is, did you notice, at least it looked to me, when the friend, after she walked out on the friends and she got mm-hmm. so mad at them, you're supposed to be supportive, blah, 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 blah. They've walked out. The friends were like explaining. They were like saying, why is she mad at us? Right? Right. You know that? Did it seem to you like they were really, really trying not to laugh? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I even said that in my summary. Like, they're just like, laughing. They were like, yeah. like, you're being just ridiculous. Like, yeah. Right. And the thing is, is like once they come back and to to her credit, once they come back and explain and like, Kim, like, let's let me let me summarize what you just told me back to you. And she's like, all right. okay, that sounds like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, though? I I also would not be surprised if, you know, her and Usman are talking behind the scenes like we got to stay on this show. Right. I think that Kim probably to some degree thinks the longer that they stay on the show, the happier he'll be. And so she's trying to make him happy. He wants to stay on the show because it gives him exposure to possibly influence slash, you know, get his name out there for his music career. Um, And then Kim, you know, she just wants to keep him happy. So if that means having to act dramatic and running around crying and yelling and stomping her feet, she's going to continue to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, yeah, that's that's true. I definitely think he's desperate to stay on the show because there I'm sure there's nothing that got him more streams and downloads than being on this show. Oh, sure. But it's just like I it makes me feel sad for her because it's like, does she really realize how she comes off then and you know comes off on the show regardless of if it's contrived or not but it just it makes her look and we've seen like even with the clips of her like begging him for sex it looks it makes her look desperate predatory borderline abusive it is not a good look for her yeah no absolutely not like it's it's yeah, it doesn't make him look much better. Like, and that, mm. that's what his friends are always telling him. Like, look, you want to look cool? Yeah. Dating a bunch of old ladies, not doing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> taking abuse from these old ladies, right. not doing it. And then crying and begging them to, you know, get back with you, also not yeah. doing it. Yeah. 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 Definitely not. So, I don't know. All, All right. right. So, uh, we said that we have a couple more. On this season, right? Yeah, I know that Angela and Michael are coming. Oh, right, right. Um, which looks awful. Like we saw some, you know, this season on yes, H- on Happily Ever After, and it just, I don't know. There was there was defacing. There was you know, property damage to a car involved. Like it, it yeah. I have to admit that I'm looking more forward to their segments than I thought I would because it's like I don't need another season of being confused why these two people are together 
right? And so at least we're kind of admitting that, you know, they're not working out, that they're trying to move on. And it's kind of like, all right, to me, that's more believable. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all yes. Right. I don't so, know if I'm looking forward to the segments because I don't need oh, more Angela, of Angela no. doing yoga and farting or whatever's going to happen. Mm, but yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So out of this group you saw, who would you say is your student of the week? I actually went to um, Libby, of all people, and that's for something specific. It's the part we really didn't get to about her segment, mm-hmm. about how, like, her and her sisters, to another extent, are sticking to her guns with Charlie. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. I, I'm happy that they have addressed his um, his issues, his addiction issues, and that's something that definitely was speculated on the last season we saw him, and he definitely mm-hmm. behaved – kind of crazy at a couple points right. where we just assumed he was either drunk or high. And so, yeah, the fact that they're addressing that, I think, is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for my uh, student of the week, I actually went with Jovi. Um, okay. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, he let Yara go out and he was he didn't give her too much of a hard time he voiced valid concerns you know i would also like to see my friends and he also framed it like and i also like to spend time with my family like when you leave you're leaving us and i want you know us to spend time as a family so you know i thought those were all fair points on his part Mm -hmm. uh what about your dunce i went with submit um Mm -hmm. he drove me kind of crazy right because (laughs) The whole time before his parents came up, he kept being like, well, I have to keep trying. Do you expect me to stop trying? I have to keep trying. And like Jenny didn't articulate it, but I was like kind of telling the TV. I was like, no, you need to keep trying. I just don't want you to keep trying the same thing over and over again. That's insanity. Sure. All his trying is, well, I just have to tell my – I just have to talk to my parents again about it. I just have to talk to my parents again about it. I just have to talk to – like that hasn't worked. It's not working. Why is that still your plan? Right. right? And then the whole thing was him to be like, well, I have to do this really delicately. I have to kind of work up to it. It's going to take a long time. It's going to, you know, do because I don't want to end up, you know, being like disowned. I still want to have a relationship with my parents. And he ends up telling them. And guess what? The mom's like, I never want to see you again. Yep. Like, so you you wasted all those years (laughs) like finessing this just to get the same result you could have had five years ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right, uh, my dunce, I went with uh, Usman. Um, You know, it's like I don't even understand what would make you call and beg and beg and beg and beg for forgiveness. It's kind of like if this person doesn't want to be with you, just accept it and move on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so what about your life lesson? Uh, so, I mean, I've kind of circled around this a couple times and it happened definitely in Libby and Andre – Bilal and Shida, if people have a disagreement, just like locking them in a room or making them get together does not solve the disagreement. No. And I feel like didn't they learn their lesson from last season on this Libby Andre situation? They got locked in a RV together. The RV. They've tried this. There was a boat at some point. Oh, there my gosh. Like and now this is Bilal and Balls. Well, if we just meet with Shida, everything will be fine. It's like, why? Why is that? Why do you think yeah. that's going to happen? Like, did you have reason to think she um, wants to apologize and she has regret? No. Then what do you what else do you think is going to happen? Yeah. So ridiculous. Okay, so uh, mine is for, you know, Yar and Jovi and all these kind of newer parents out there. I think it's so important to maintain an identity outside of your children as a parent. I actually just met up with my partner's uh, friend 
and him and his wife like have two kids and i thought it was so great to hear like she went on like a a girl's wine trip a couple weekends ago so he took care of the kids for the week and so he got to visit you know my partner and hang out with him for the weekend you know and so they like take turns and they it just seems like that's just so healthy to maintain an identity and friends outside of you know, your children and not having your entire lives revolve around it because they super appreciate each other and there's so much love there. And I think it's because they allow each other to have this kind of space and freedom. I mean, and I, I, to add to that, I think that you also need to have the space and freedom with each other mm-hmm. so that you also not on, not only are you a family, but you're also a couple and you're also individual people. Yes. Um, yes. And I really feel like a lot of people, because this is not the first you know, we had Emily and Kobe last right. week also talking about the lack of sex life. Yeah. And part of that comes up, and I'm sure Emily and Kobe, I'm sure it's why. It's like, it's hard to do it when the kids are in the room with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The cold, cold right? sleeping thing. Sure. Yeah. They, they, they're the co-sleeping or having them there. And it's like that, that you, you do need to maintain some sort of separation between right. you and your kids as tough as that is. At least that, that, that worked at least worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're just getting started with this group. Uh, So like we said, we'll probably see Angela and Michael within the next week or so. So we will be back same time next week. That's right. Okay. Okay. Until then. Bye. Bye. Bye.